the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and much, much more. Taking a look at Wall Street. Taking a look at Main Street. I'll talk things that I shouldn't talk about. I realize that. We'll talk careers. Best work from home jobs. How to beat job burnout. $100,000 used to be called a grand. I don't think a grand is all that grand anymore. In fact, I think it's a lot less than most people think it is. I think a million dollars is a lot less than most people think it is because when we were children, adjusted for inflation, if we took all that inflation away, a million dollars is awesome. But again, that ain't the case anymore. What do you want to talk about? We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Um, let's start first and foremost with you know taking a look at the market numbers because I think that's always relevant. Today, we have a down stock market start. We had a huge update on Friday. Uh, the SP 500 down seven points. The Nasdaq down 19 points. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 83 points. Oil up eight cents. 10-year treasury, euro, and gold all weaker. The LIBOR scandal is pretty huge. It's about as big as it gets in the financial world. We can talk about that. I tend to think I may turn you off talking about that, so I'll dance a little around that issue because I like to dance because I'm a dancer. Retail sales missed expectations today. Empire Manufacturing out of New York State, higher than expected. Citigroup trading higher, which brings us probably to our first story of the day. Citigroup, better than expected earnings. I'm not going to jump up and down and say this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's not. But I can tell you, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup reporting better than expected earnings. All of them tells you it ain't that bad in the world of lending. Now, retail sales, on the other hand, pretty disappointing. But Citigroup, the third biggest U.S. bank, reported second quarter profit that beat analyst expectations. Income declined 12% to $2.95 billion. They're going to ask for an increase in their dividend later this year. Revenues from advising clients on M&A helped uh, the company manage declines in trading stocks and bonds. They're doing really, really well as a bank. They're doing very, very poorly as a company that you know does investment banking. But the Main Street Bank, Citigroup's doing fantastic. They're one of the lead advisors on the Express Scripts holding, which was the largest processor of drug prescriptions, and their purchase of Medco Health. Uh, revenue from advising clients on M&A rose 2% to 100, uh, $201 million. Fixed income trading declined 4%. Revenue from trading shares fell 29%. Uh, it's a huge consumer banking business. So uh, internationally, they're doing very well. They've got very little exposure to Europe. They've got great exposure to South America, Brazil. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I'm already beating things up pretty aggressively. <laughs> Let's go and uh, look at some of the other stories. HP's $2 billion multi-year IT services deal GM could be in danger. Uh, the automaker's decision is bringing much of its IT work in-house, and that could threaten the deal. GM contracts said to be one of the biggest HPs. I can't find a reason to like HP other than Vile. And that ain't that good, if you know what I'm saying. Visa and MasterCard reached a $7.25 billion settlement with retailers over allegations that the two companies and banks conspired to fix credit card fees paid by retailers. It needs to be approved by a judge. We don't know what this is going to look like. Basically, part of this settlement will allow retailers to charge you and me, consumers, more money if we use credit or debit. 
because ultimately Visa and MasterCard charge when credit or debit's used. Cash, can it have a discount or will credit and debit have you know, a cost tied towards it? A fee, a user fee, a swipe fee. It's no longer going to be eaten by the retailers or no longer has to be eaten by the retailers. I will say this, I will not shop at a place that charges me more for the same item for swiping my card. Now, again, that, see, that's where it brings up this like huge drama. I understand. Microsoft pulled out of the MSNBC.com website. They're selling its 50% stake to CNBC parent NBC Universal, owned by Comcast. Nokia cut the price of its flagship smartphone, saying this is common and normal. The Lumia 900 has been cut from $99 to $49. That's not common and normal. Have you seen Apple cut their prices? Have you seen the new Droid have its prices cut after three months? No chance. So I, I, Nokia is on the road to nowhere. I, when do you buy Nokia? When do you buy Research in Motion? When do you buy these companies? I, I, it has to be soon, but I'm not doing it. There has to be some value in these losers. Procter & Gamble company is assessing its possible interest in Duracell battery and IM's pet foods. Two units reportedly bring in a total of $7 billion if they sell them. GlaxoSmithKline expected to announce a deal to acquire Human Genome Sciences $2.8 billion. It's a three-month-old story. Instead of paying $13, they're going to pay $14. I share Apollo Global Management. They're considering a bid for McGraw-Hill's education unit. According to sources out there, none of these stories are really making me like, I'll tell you the story that gets me, and I'm not going to say I'm getting misty over it, but Citigroup, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, all reporting pretty good numbers tells you it's not as bad as you think out there. It's really not. not but again, consumer confidence and retail sales plunged. That wasn't a good number. Retail sales in the United States declined for a third straight month in the month of June. A sign that employment gains are taking a toll on the biggest part of the economy, 70% of our economy. Purchases fell for three months in a row. Last time that happened was July through December of 2008. And that was a recession. Nine out of 13 major retail categories declined. Spending decreased seven tenths of percent at department stores, eight tenths of percent at furniture stores, six tenths of percent at car companies, auto parts, as well as you know uh, car lots. Demand at building material stores fell one point six percent. We saw weakness at gasoline stores, so eight out of eleven categories weaker than what we would want. Take a quick look and see if any other stories are hitting that we have to hit on. Um, Because I think this is worthy of note. Liber scandal? I don't know. That just doesn't feel right to me. Oh, the IMF. This is worthy of hitting. The IMF is eyeing a hard landing as they cut the China forecast. The International Monetary Fund cut its growth forecast for China's slowing economy. said a hard land. It's coming. China's second quarter growth fell to a three-year low of 7.6% as exports, consumer spending, and factory output weakened. It's a far stronger growth than what's going on in the United States and Europe, but China's slowdown is dampened hopes that it might make up for the weak Western demand coming out of Europe. We'll talk about this and much, much more. You're Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more on the Wall Street Business Network. You can find me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Or tweet me, Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 
Don't forget, you can tweet me at Rob Black Show. Tweet me at Rob Black Show. I'm available. Um, I like the interaction. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I post a daily web video. None of them will ever become viral videos. They're not funny. They're insights into investing. Hopefully, they make sense to you because they're pretty much so geared towards that exact same that that thought. Uh, let's pull up some market numbers. Let's see what we have today going on on Wall Street. We had a huge up day on Friday, but today we start off. And Friday, I told you it could be an up day based on earnings out of J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo, and they were great. Today, we get good numbers out of uh, Citigroup. Uh, that's what we need. Again, I don't care what the market does on a day-by-day basis. I need the banks to do their thing, and right now they're doing their thing. The SP 500 down 6, the NASDAQ down 15, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 71. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. I know about growing assets. You know about managing assets. That's typically how we draw our line in the sand on how we're different. Uh, but how about protecting assets? That's probably going to fall into my side of the world a little bit more so than your side of the world. What's your thoughts on protecting assets from worst-case scenarios? Well, I mean, let's talk about just from the basic level because we talk about you know my 357 plan on hedging income for protecting assets in retirement and to be able to draw on your portfolio forever. But let's just go back for a minute and think about what most families don't take the time to do, um, and that's protecting identity and okay. protecting your information. Um, there was something like 7% of smartphone users in 2011 that had their identity stolen. Wow. And I can't imagine the people that walk around with their phones being synced to their email and saving stuff in their contacts, and they don't have a code. That initial code, when you, you know, turn on your phone, you have to punch in a code to slide that screen over and have your phone work. Right. If you're running around without that code on your phone, you are, you are a moron. I mean, you, it's not a matter of... You know, if you're going to lose a phone, it's win, and then your identity will be stolen, typically. You know, they would now make, uh, before you turn on your phone, you just hold it up to your face, and it does facial recognition now? Gee, that's great. I mean, kind of scary on what that could do in movies for spy movies in the future. <laughs> my face, not the best-looking face, and my phone usually goes, ew. Yeah, your Skype picture's a little odd. Your <laughs> Skype picture's really odd. <laughs> you want to play Danny Nanny Boo Boo? Let's let's play who can have the worst Skype picture. Um, but okay, so to start with this, it's like you know if you're trying to protect your information, and that's even just your family pictures and photos and things like that. Have a removable backup hard drive that you keep in a fireproof safe. Do it, you know, every six months in your family, because you know you're planning for worst case events. That's what you're trying to when you're trying to protect your assets. And some of your biggest assets are your memories. I mean, I can't imagine if I lost all my kids' photos and everything else. That's really really scary. So removable hard drive, fireproof safe for 99 bucks at Costco, okay? That's one thing you want to do. Disability insurance to protect your biggest asset, which is your ability to earn money. That's yep. the biggest one that every, every working family should have. Now, disability insurance can be expensive. So <coughs> there's options like Aflac that, Aflac that can provide some shorter-term you know, income for injuries and things like that. So, so get something. Um, also, you got to check your credit once a year minimum you can go you don't need to necessarily know your credit score if you're not going to buy anything but check what's on your credit report annualcreditreport.com is the official site where you can go get your credit um, information from all three companies okay and know and look through each of those reports and make sure that nobody's opened up in an account in your name that you don't know about that's one of the biggest ones so and you can look at ID theft insurance. There's a bunch of different options out there. That If you go for that, though, make sure you go with an option that if your ID is, identity is stolen. And for America, it's not, again, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? So when it happens that they're going to go to bat for you and they're going to have somebody that does the legwork to fix your identity, fix the problem, versus just give you money to do it. Because the biggest part of it is is the time off of work that it's going to take you to fix that if something happens. And typically what that implies is, you know, going to your bank and showing them your credit and showing them that you didn't open it and faxing a message saying you swear you never did that. And it's a process. Yeah, it's a lot of legwork. A lot of legwork. Asset protection on the bigger level, um, you know, and if you own real estate, for example, uh, make sure you load up on the insurance for the properties. Right. And if you own a lot of properties and you um, need to do some estate planning and you're willing to have a little bit more of a complicated situation, 
Um, if the properties especially are paid off, they should be in individual LLCs. Or you could do like a Delaware LLC where you can have one LLC that has different pockets so that if something happens and somebody inside one of your properties dies and it's your fault, they might be able to take over that asset, but they can't go into your other properties yeah. and take those over. Well, Rihanna just sent in an email, and Rihanna wants to know, what do you think about Umbrella, Ella, Ella, Ella? <laughs> That's good. I like that. What do you think about Umbrella? Umbrella Ella, insurance Ella. is, I mean, it's a must. If you have assets outside of your retirement accounts that you're trying to protect, taxable accounts, things like that, yeah, get Umbrella insurance. It's like 250 to 350 bucks a year. You know, I can't get Umbrella insurance, so you're like rubbing my nose in it. I'm considered a celebrity, and celebrities can't get it because we're more likely to be kidnapped and shot and killed. Yeah, but see, there's still brokers that could find it for you, Lloyd's of London or Chubb or something like that. You could still get it. And I'm kind of a target because people know that I talk money and that I'm in money. So you you sit down next to me at a bar, and you're like, you know, maybe I could start a fight with this guy and sue him. Like, I've never been in a fight, but you know what I'm saying? I don't think you're going to get kidnapped. I mean, it'd take like three people to lift you up into the van. (laughs) (laughs) You're just harsh. I don't think you're going to get kidnapped because people will think you're a 10th grader and not really a financial planner. <laughs> Good. I look young for my age. Thank you. You do look young for your age. Uh, you've, you've got that amazing gift. Anything else that we need to know? We need to wrap this up. Um, yeah. I mean, estate tax issues come into play in, in asset protection. So there's things like family LLCs that right now with gifting potential too, there's a lot of family planning that also will deal with asset protection and leaving money to your heirs the right way so their assets are protected. Okay. Keep in mind, I can lose weight, but ugly's forever. <laughs> you have an ugly heart, my friend. <laughs> it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So we're in earnings season right now, and it's worthy of note. The strong rally Friday doesn't really portend an improved outlook, but it shows you that there's a lot of value. It doesn't portend that things are going to be great, but it shows you value. Earnings reports the next few days are still likely to cause some downdrafts as there's a huge push of weakness at the end of the second quarter. So the SP 500 surged 22 points on Friday following Wells Fargo and JP Morgan Chase reports. Those two earnings reports in themselves did not justify a 1.7% increase in the aggregate. Wells Fargo had a solid second quarter. Revenue was lower than expected, though. Wells Fargo is the nation's largest mortgage lender, and strength in that area, along with other consumer loans, boosted the bottom line. Comments by Wells Fargo's management indicated an overall improvement of the balance sheet also helped the stock price. It's one of the best-run banks in America. So they're as good as it's going to get. J.P. Morgan, on the other hand, their stock is plunged. You're listening to me, Rob Black, and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay, again, my job is not to be Pollyanna. I know you're saying, is this a segment about you dressing up in women's clothes? No. I haven't stooped that low yet. I will consider it in the future. I love what I'm seeing out of the big banks in America because we need big banks. That's on one hand. On the other hand, there's a lot of wrong with our economy right now. Retail sales are not strong. Um, in no way, shape, or form are retail sales strong. So Americans are holding on to their money. Now that on, sounds like a good thing. We're not spending what we don't have. Problem is, we are a spending-based economy, 70%. There's a lot of headline news that's wrong, and it's going to stay wrong for the foreseeable future. Europe's not going to get better anytime soon. We saw corn prices jump big this morning because the weather didn't get any better over the weekend, and this is corn season, so to speak. 
other big stories out there that we have to continue to you know pound and, and be honest with? Hiring's not strong in the United States. Unemployment isn't getting better. On one hand, that's a good thing because it makes my job getting to and from work that much easier. And I know you're saying, don't make this about you, Rob. I'm not making it about me. What I'm trying to do very clearly and specifically is say that you know, some people will enjoy the benefits of fewer workers out there because traffic will be less. We'll have more money not spent on gasoline sitting in traffic. That's the way Wall Street works is there's never a right answer. There's a compromise. And that's one of the reasons you and I will get into fights is because we'll get contentious with each other because you'll see a benefit that I don't. I'll see a benefit that you don't. So you have to quickly learn in my world that you try not to be right. You just try to play the game. Last night, Breaking Bad returned. It made me want to go to like a white trash motel, like a Motel 6, and watch it because... You don't want any distractions. You don't want the phone ringing. You don't want email. You don't want anything coming up. I know you're saying, would you drive to a hotel just to watch a TV show? It's that kind of good. Um, where we've become shadows of ourselves. Breaking Bad is a tie-on, in my opinion, understanding investments in a goofy kind of way. Breaking Bad is a TV show on the TV show network or television network, AMC. Breaking Bad was once pitched to FX, but FX had three dark male shows already. They had the Firefighter one. Anytime you have an anti-villain where you have a character who he's, he's evil, but you pull for him. It's tough to have a whole network of those. AMC's publicly traded. I'm not telling you to go buy it. I'm saying learn how to invest. Once you do, I think you'll go very far in this world. So with AMC, it's breaking bad. With AMC, it's uh, walking dead. So you start to kind of figure it out, or at least I hope you do, that Wall Street's product-driven. And right now, a lot of the product that's being pushed in retail sales is not good. A lot of cell phones not being sold. A lot of computers not being sold. Let me give you an example this morning. Freeman Building Ramsey, great brokerage company. Um, good research company. I, they're kind of the, the company that will be honest with you in their research reports. One of their analysts this morning cut his rating on Texas Instruments to underperform from market perform. He trimmed his expectations for target price on a lot of other uh, chip makers. He's more bearish ahead of the earnings reports from Intel, Qualcomm, Linear Tech, AMD that are all due to this. Tech Systems, Broadcom, Silicon Labs, LSI, and Maxim all coming next week. And his quote was, we expect guarded management commentary and guidance given recent macro trends and CEO's tendencies to destock inventory in times of large equity market declines. That is gold. He's basically saying CEOs look at the stock market and when it goes down, they pull, they stop making stuff. That's gold. It doesn't necessarily give you any economic premise other than theory. Texas Instruments, he contends, he sees, quote, more downside risks exist for Texas Instruments versus any other chip stocks trading near trough valuations. He asserts that the company's third quarter revenue guidance could fall short of its street. He sees risk to 2013 estimates. He's also concerned about challenges to the company's wireless business. He worries that the company may have too much capacity following its acquisition national semiconductor. Valuation seems elevated compared to its peers. That's the next line that's gold. Valuation seems elevated compared to its peers. He got his price targets for Atmel, Linear Tech, Maxim, NVIDIA, and On Semiconductor. 
I'm not saying that he's right. I'm saying he brings up a lot to think about. In one research report, he threw out two quotes for me that I threw out back to you. How about some of the other stories out there of note? Mark Zuckerberg, he got a 30-year adjustable rate loan at 1.05%. Now, I love 30-year loans, but 1.05%, how did he pull that one off? He refinanced a nearly $6 million mortgage on his Palo Alto, California home. Almost all lending rates have reached historical lows, but he's able to pull off something even better. When you can borrow at a rate below inflation, you're borrowing for free. This is the concept of using other people's money. It preserves financial flexibility for the borrower. He is part of the 1%. He's able to put up assets and take risks with inflation rates. So the average rate on a one-year adjustable mortgage, 2.69%, up from a record low of 2.68% a week earlier. He's worth $15.7 billion, and he has a mortgage. What does that tell you? He could pay it off, but he's not stupid. People who pay off their mortgages are financially retarding their growth. It's a bad thing to do. Again, you tend not to think of it that way. You tend to think of yourself as some holier-than-thou. I've paid off my mortgage. I owe nobody nothing. Look at me hug this tree. But you're financially slow. Paying off your mortgage is one of the worst things you can do financially. I know you tend to think otherwise, but you're wrong. Zuckerberg has a 30-year loan for a reason. Do you think he's stupid? I don't think so. So it's earnings season. Today we get Citigroup. We're done. Have a cigarette. It was good. I like smoking a cigar once a month, typically tied towards something where something positive happened in my life. I celebrate the positive. I'm optimistic. I don't dwell on the negative. I put it in perspective. I learn from it. I move on. So every month I have a, a celebratory cigar. Tuesday we get earnings from Coca-Cola, Goldman Sachs, and Johnson & Johnson. These are big ones. Johnson Johnson gives us stuff that we can't live without. Intel gives us the desktop, laptop, corporate business. Goldman Sachs gives us investment banking, banking. Coca-Cola gives us international. Johnson Johnson gives us international. Intel gives us international. Wednesday, we get big earnings out of Bank of America, American Express, eBay, and IBM. I'm telling you what I'm paying attention to. You want to be like me? I don't think so. A, you don't got the legs of a god like I do. I know you're saying you're not going to go into a Clash of the Titans commentary, are you? No, let's just put it this way. I got big legs. You know what they say about guys with big legs? Wide pants? No, what do they say about guys with big legs? You freak. So I pay attention to Bank of America on Wednesday. American Express gives me corporations. Bank of America gives me consumers. eBay gives me a little commerce. IBM gives me big international business. Thursday, Johnson Controls, Morgan Stanley, Google, Microsoft. Friday, General Electric and Ingersoll Rand. Citigroup's the only big one on Monday, like I said. So have a cigarette. Last week's results really auger poorly for the future. Could you the word auger? You know, Google and eBay will show growth trends has slowed. Google's been buffeted in the past, even with seemingly pretty good reasonable reports. There's a lot of value. I would buy Google today if I'm going to be holding it for 10 years. So the industrial reports should be pretty reasonable. The sector's expected about 10% earnings growth this quarter, so Johnson Controls is important to me. But we're seeing a slowing, industrially speaking. GE got downgraded today for a reason, not because they're loved, but because people are spooked internationally. The Friday report, the Friday rally on Wall Street was a technical rally. It was a strong balance after six down days. The overall trend in earnings for most industries is unimpressive. I like the value of this market, and I do believe we rally in the second half of this season. You know, the non-financial companies last week were not encouraging. Consumer tech, industrial sectors are unlikely to stimulate the broad market moves. I'm Rob Black.
giving me is fiction. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. What a crazy world we live in. Record rains. We have 26 dead and six missing in Japan. The Midwest, the United States would do anything for rain. They're probably getting ready to bring in American Indians to do rain dances. Because that's how bad we need it. Pretty interesting story over the weekend. Uh, Jeremy Lin, the New York Knicks. Signed an offer sheet with Houston for $25 million. The Rockets are going to pay him $14.8 million in the third year of that deal. The Knicks have until tomorrow night, I believe, to match the deal. Tonight, to match the deal. He's only started 25 games, and he's being treated as a savior. It's really, Carmelo Anthony tweeted, like, you know, whatever the Knicks want to do, you know, the Knicks do. He was cut by Goldman State. He was cut by the Rockets. And now the Rockets want him back. He sold a lot of jerseys is what this is about. He got people like me who don't give a, a, a hoot about the NBA to talk about the NBA. You know, in years one and two, they'll make the money back from fans packing the arena in Houston. It is not about winning championships. Sports are not about winning championships. Sports are about selling tickets. The personal seat licenses that the San Francisco 49ers are asking for a new stadium Sometimes up to twenty to eighty thousand dollars per seat. Small guys are being pushed out of business because we know that we can now afford jerseys, but we can't afford to go to the game. Business guys can afford to go to the game. Jeremy Lin is Asian American. I'm not speaking a hundred percent with confidence. I believe his parents were born in China and came to the United States. But he has that thing that people are intrigued by. He's something we can talk about. He averaged 14.6 points and 6.2 assists. He's coming off injury. There's far better point guards out there. But there's no one who's Asian American. There's a lot of Asian Americans in the United States. They want to root for people who look like them. I want to root for people who look like me. There's no, not a lot of great white hopes out there. People are over six foot tall and, and strong and big. and like There's not a lot of great white hopes. With that said, I understand why Houston's signing them. It's a business decision. It's not a decision to win. It's not a decision to put the best product on the, the, the court. Coaches didn't understand that Jeremy Lin would bring in millions and millions and millions of dollars in endorsement deals and millions and millions of dollars of seats. It is a cliche that Asian Americans are better off than the typical Americans with the Asian cliche that they're better in math and sciences, that they have better jobs, and that's maybe Houston's looking for, hey, these guys could afford tickets. I know you're saying, this is really awkward radio that you're dancing around. But that's what the whole Jeremy Lin thing's about. It's about business. You know, the San Jose Sharks, once again, don't go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and once again, they raise ticket prices. I love hockey. I'm affluent, and I can afford sporting events. I don't understand how most people could afford sporting events. The personal seat licenses, even at the you know the San Francisco Giants' new stadium, ten years ago, uh, unreachable for most people to sit behind the, the 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 plate. But it is what it is, right? Oh, what else do we have to throw out there? I'm sure there's something. Got the IMF story cutting China forecast to a hard landing possible. That's not good news. Over the last few years, stocks with significant international exposure have been favored as the U.S. economy slowed. Now, negative earnings per share revisions are heavily concentrated in companies with international exposure. Stocks with limited international exposure are going to do the best through earnings season. So right now, if you're looking for instant gratification, you're looking for companies that do business in the United States. 
for instance, Pioneer Natural Resources. It's got operations in the United States and South Africa. International sales zero, all in the United States. The first quarter, they beat earnings expectations by 6%. Southwest Airlines, they're not flying to Europe. 72 cities and 37 states throughout the United States. Last quarter, they beat earnings by 5%. Oil has dropped enormously this quarter. You're looking at companies like EQT Corporation. It's a natural gas producer in the Appalachian Basin with 5.4 trillion cubic feet of proven reserves. Last quarter, they beat by 2%. International exposure, zero. Humana, ha, 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 ha. Oh, that's nothing funny about that. Um, Humana, they offered a range of insurance products to approximately about 11 million Americans. Zero international exposure. Healthcare benefactor. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Consumers, we have the oldest fleet of cars we've ever had in the United States. So a lot of do-it-yourselfers are you know, changing their own oil, saving money. Do-it-yourselfers are, are putting in you know, uh, new catalytic converters. What's a catalytic converter? I don't even know what it converts. I know it's catalytic, though. I know you're saying, didn't you build two cars when you were a teenager? I did, but I still didn't know what a catalytic converter did. Uh, Cognizant technology, IT consulting and business processing, 0% beat last quarter. International sales, just 22%. BB&T, wonderful bank. They operate banks across most of the eastern United States. For its part, you know, you got to start thinking this way. Simon Property. They do retail real estate properties, including outlet malls and shopping centers in the United States. Zero international exposure. Last quarter, they beat earnings expectations by 18% because low mortgage rates are helping them enormously. The SP 500 is down 6, the NASDAQ down 15, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 71. I have nothing else to say. Uh, retail sales missed expectations. Empire Manufacturing top forecast. Follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Business inventories climbed three tenths of a percent. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up in a few Thursdays from now. You can find out more about that at robblack.com. It's in, on the peninsula, Thursday evening, Wall Street Business Network. Good morning and welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. There's plenty to talk about today. I like days like today. Mama told me there would be days like this, and she was right. It's earnings season, and let's sell. Speaking with Rob, let's just say I'm always happy when it's earnings season. Something goofy about me, but it's true. We've got big drama stories like Citigroup beating analyst expectations on investment banking, the IMF clipping global growth forecast for 2013 to 3.9%. That doesn't sound so bad. The IMF cutting China's forecast to a hard landing possibility. That sounds bad. The $6 billion visa settlement frees consumers to pay more. That doesn't sound so good. MSNBC website renamed NBCnews.com after Microsoft split. Who cares? Other than to tell you that things are changing, and at one point in time, it seemed like a great idea. Now it just seems like, who cares? At one point, you had to have a .com, or you were a .nothing, right? Zuckerberg's loan gives new meaning to the 1%. He gets an amazing 1% loan, 30-year mortgage. You know what that story should be telling you? Here's a guy worth billions of dollars. Why does he have a mortgage? Because it's the smart thing to do. Now, he gets a better mortgage than you and I by far. Uh, New York Knicks letting Jeremy Lin go or not to the Rockets business story. And Apple's Siri gets slammed in the New York Times. Those are the top big stories. Now, there's some other ones out there as well. Barclays paid $451 million fine for rigging LIBOR. LIBOR flaws allowed banks to rig rates without conspiracy. Will it be a a scenario that plays out over years? Kind of expected it. Retail sales in the United States unexpectedly decreased. We don't like seeing that. So stocks are retreating today tied towards that one simple concept of U.S. consumers were fearful. Keep in mind Citigroup, better than expected earnings. J.P. Morgan, better than expected. 
Fargo, better than expected. Wells Fargo in particular said, you know, consumer looks great. Now, weak retail sales, I look at that and I go, well, on one hand, it's great. We buy too much crap in this country, right? You know it and I know it. We're a nation of crap buyers. Anytime I go to Mexico, I tend to get uh, chotskis, souvenirs, whatever you want to call them, for friends and family. One of the things I like to do is get horrible, horrible stuff that no one would ever want. Uh, towels with naked, exotic dancing ladies that no mother, no wife is going to let that in their house. So you give it to them, box it up, put, give it to them as a holiday gift, and it's funny. And you're saying, you sound a little bit like that blue-collared comedian, get her done. I, I think I am. I think I am sounding a little bit too much like it. Last night, I celebrated me. I bathed in a big bath of me. A huge bath of me. Cigar. A little scotchy scotch scotched. I do enjoy my scotch. It was Breaking Bad night. And we first saw, you know, Live Free or Die, the title. Great. We see Walter White. He's got a mane of slightly graying hair. He's got a, a, a goatee that's spread into a full beard from last season. He's fallen to a low. He's buying a gun. This is the future. Answers will have to wait. You see a lot of questions start. And then you go back to the present. So they showed you the season finale, or they showed you what you're going to see later this season. Why is he buying a gun? Why is why he got a salt and pepper beer? Like, what happened? So yeah, I, 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 I bathe in a, a big bubbly vat of me. Typically on Sundays, I bathe in a real bath and uh, read Barron's. Barron's is my favorite read. I think it's a fantastic read. As far as newspapers go, it's my favorite read. I like the New York Times. I like Barron's. I like the Wall Street Journal. Barron's does just a, a slew of articles that make you think. They don't come at it in the same exact way each and every time. I like that. So, you know, let's break through its earnings season. Today we get Citigroup, I didn't expect it. Tomorrow we get Coca-Cola, Goldman Sachs, Johnson, Johnson, and Intel. Those are the four that I'm going to be paying attention to. Shortly after that, we get Bank of America Express, American Express, and eBay. They all tell us something different. Coca-Cola, international foreign currencies, international consumer, Johnson, Johnson, things that we have to have in our life. Intel. High-end technology, desktops, laptops versus phones and tablets. Bank of America on Wednesday, American Express corporate earnings. American Express is a play on small-cap corporations to me. eBay, a growth stock, Google growth stock. eBay on Wednesday, Google on Thursday. So we learn a little bit in earnings season. Other big stories of note today that we're paying attention to. Empire Manufacturing Survey, better than expected, topping forecast. But business inventories climbed three-tenths of a percent. Again, there's no right answer here. Inventories climbing basically tells you things have already been made and they're not selling, which is good because down the road we're going to have to replenish inventories. It's bad because we're not replenishing them now. Down the road, we're going to have to sell that product. The longer stuff sits on shelves, the more likely it's to be discounted. Again, good and bad news, depending on which side of the, the cell you're on. Um, right now, domestic stocks are probably the safest areas to be, like a Simon Property Group, which has no international exposure. Last quarter, they beat earnings by 18%. So they're tied to the low cost of mortgages. And again, that ain't a bad thing, ladies and gentlemen. There's ways to beat this market. There's ways to position yourself intelligently. Quest Diagnostics. They provide diagnostic testing and services for patients and physicians. Laboratory work. Am I diabetic or not? Do I have cancer or not? Is that that bulge 
I know you're saying, don't go dirty, don't go dirty. Is that bulge tied towards an infection, or is that bulge just getting older? PG&E. They do utilities. They deliver electricity and natural gas to people. They serve 5.2 million people. If I don't pay my electricity bill, it gets shut off. That's a good business model. Northrop Grumman. International sales just 6%. Last quarter, they beat earnings by 6%. Next year, they, whew, if the fiscal cliff hits, we're going to see a lot of spending cuts in the military. So, Consolidated Edison. You can hide and be safer, or you can take advantage of weakness for the longer term. I don't know who you are, but I highly suggest from time to time you bathe in glorious you. Because it's a celebration, and I, I, this whole Wall Street thing will get to you if you let it. Let's take a look at the market numbers. We have the Dow down 49, the NASDAQ down 6, the SP 500 down 3, oils up fractions. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to me, Rob Black. I try to do a variety of financial topics. I try to hit things that mean something to you. For instance, I think the biggest financial regret people have is overspending. I think that's worthy of noting and saying it out loud. When it comes to mortgages, I like 30-year mortgages. I'll look at 15-year mortgages for investment properties. I like to cash flow positive, and I like to build equity. But I like 30-year mortgages pretty much so across the board more often than not. You know, when you're renting, sometimes your landlord will show you uh, electric bills to give you an idea, but the person before you may not be you. When I first moved to California, I dated a girl who was amazing. Uh, She had an apartment in Los Gatos, and uh, she showed me her electric bill was four bucks in one month. I know you're saying, where does this go? She didn't live there. She basically showered at the gym. She didn't eat there. She uh, studied at you know Pete's Coffee. Like she was proud of that. I'm stunned by that. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. Uh, let's see what we have here. Oh, and I don't have my market number screen up. We're lower on the day. How's that for an answer for you? Uh, the market is seeing some technical bounce on Friday, and then ultimately. Uh, it can't hold that technical bounce. We had four or five just rough days where we didn't go way down. We went down, though, so we bounced. Now, the SP 500's up fractions. The NASDAQ's up 1.5, and the Dow's down 19. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He is our financial planning, our house financial planner for the show, Rob Black and Your Money. Headline reads, a robotic toilet called the Numi. It retails for $6,400. It's a huge hit in China. The Numi uses motion detectors and remote control to open and close its seat to flush. It also features leg-warming porcelain, built-in stereo system, and three bidet settings. $6,400. Now, I want it, but I know that I shouldn't. It's like I want a BMW, but I know that I shouldn't. Uh, (laughs) Expensive toys. Well, it sounds like a crappy investment to me. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for the setup. <laughs> He'll be here all weekend long. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses on the way out. Um, no, again, it's funny in hindsight. Don't you wish you can go back and, and talk to yourself and say, no, no, don't do that. Don't buy. Like, for some reason, I wanted an Xbox 360. I wanted to see the technology. I wanted to, 
like make sure that you know if we're going to talk about investing in Sony PlayStation Three versus Xbox, it, it's a toy. It's a it's a three hundred dollar waste of money for me. It's something you know I don't even like console gaming, but I wanted to check it out just so I knew that I could, I could talk about it. Um, because you know now the Xbox is super big in the living room and people are using Xbox to actually watch videos more so than play video games. So sure. it, you know I, I I got some money's worth from it, but expensive toys they they bring, they're a downfall for our, our society. They're a reason we don't save enough for retirement. The gotta haves. I mean, it, it's kind of a big problem in China right now too. You know, and as they're trying to get to a co- more consumer based economy, there um, people are saving and saving and saving so they can get that next smartphone. What's going to happen to the Chinese population? Are they going to save, or will the communist side of their government end up taking care of them in retirement? I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting to watch how China plays out over the next couple of decades. I suppose I'm almost agreeing with Susie Orman. She's got that segment on can I afford it. Mm-hmm. And she basically tries to get the white, trashiest people on the planet to call in and say, you know, Suze, I want to get a, you know, something that's just way out of there, there like a, a, a Rolex. Like, you should consider a Rolex when you've got a million dollars saved, but not a moment before that. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, depre- if you're going for depreciating assets before you've maxed out your 401k to the 17,500 level, yeah, you've got problems. And you're going to work till the day you die or be miserable in retirement. It's funny because actually I'll tell people, if you're going to buy a, 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 a Rolex, buy a Rolex. Don't buy a $400 watch. Buy a Rolex because Rolexes will actually retail for what you paid for sometimes, but not often, but sometimes. So what's the most expensive toy you've ever bought that you regret? Boy, I don't, you know, I think it's just... Oh, this is I so... Always, I always regret cars that I've bought. So I bought, my current car I bought used, but the, the one new car that I bought just... You know, it was a depreciating asset. It felt terrible that, you know, that buyer's remorse that you get two weeks later. Then your kids eat in the car after you've spent a year not letting them eat in the car. And then all of a sudden it just, it's a mess all the time, that kind of a thing. So That's I think your... it's always cars for me. Okay. I don't buy a lot of toys because I like activities. So. Okay. But your kids, do you, do you anything you regret buying them? <laughs> yeah. My uh, nine-year-old is a Lego nut. Right. And so um, for a... I can't remember what it was, I think a report card or something else. You got an $80 Lego set. Right. 80 bucks that I spent on my kid for Legos. They're sure. expensive. Okay. And I said, you need to put this together the right way per the directions. <laughs> and uh, if you do, I'll, I'll, I will buy you another one next time. And he did it. But the second one he didn't put together. It's just in a big pile on the table, you know, and it's just a wasted $80 Lego kit. Okay, so you got him a Lego kit, and then you insisted that he, he build what was on the cover of the Lego kit? Well, yeah, these Lego kits, I mean, they, they have, you know, 30-page instruction booklets to build a city, like for Indiana Jones or Ninjago. Okay. Nin- what, what is Ninjago? Ninjago is the latest craze in Legos. It's like these types of ninjas okay. that are Legos. And kids, there, kids love them. I learned there's Japanese Legos that are different than American Legos. <laughs> I won't tell your kid that, because maybe... And Legos launched mind. a whole form of Legos for girls, too. That, I guess, is kind of a flop, but we'll see. Which Legos are they? They already are for girls. It's I mean how in, insulting that you have to make them pink to make them for girls. Yeah. So anything else? Um, well, you know, I can tell you areas where I've wasted money that I wish I could go back. Love. I can't tell you how many bottles of wine that I've spent too much money on trying to get her, you know, to be impressed by me. Yeah. yeah. Um, jewelry. I th- you know, there's no woman on the planet can tell the difference between a diamond and a cubic zirconium. Go cubic zirconium, in my opinion. Yeah, because the other woman can't tell either. That's right. So get, get costume jewelry. And just... well, go, going back in time, I guess it would have been a post-nuptial agreement. <laughs> That's what I wish I would have spent money on that I didn't. Awesome. So the segment is look at the things you're spending money on. Question the things you're spending money on. You know, does your kid need his own little iPad? Probably not. Does he need a new iPad? Probably not. Can he get the iPad 1 and get by and live and not die? Probably so. And for your kids, you probably could have got a bitchin' set of Legos off Craigslist. You probably didn't have to go. But that's buy- the thing is that you can buy all that stuff used. If it was going to end up in a pile of Legos, uh, could have bought a whole bunch used. I saw a new business, and I'll keep this short. It's for 20-year-old girls that basically you give three blouses to another girl after you're done with three blouses, and it's like swapping of clothes. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. I don't know if it's practical in reality. But um, I love the ideas, and they're doing the same thing with kids' toys, where you can basically, it's kind of like a Netflix. For 20 bucks a month, we'll send you you know, three sets of toys for your kids. You send them back, we'll send you more sets of toys. Thomas the Tank Engine, that's where I wasted, you know, spent a ton of money on for my kids. Thomas the Tank. Yep. I think it was com- uh, Thomas the Train, but that's neither here nor there. You're listening to CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 
Short sales on the NYSE top 2011 peak as September bets lose 21%. Short sales on the New York Stock Exchange have climbed. People are expecting things to go lower, and that's typically a good sign, not a bad sign. I'm Rob Black from the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Home stretch of the hour. I guess it's not home stretch. We're only halfway through, but it feels like the home stretch. Got an email, and you can email me, Rob Black. You can send an email on your computer, on your laptop, on your desktop, on your web services, whatever, off your phone, rob at robblack.com. Don't call me Ron, and please, dear God, don't call me Rod. It's Rob, short for Robert. My friends know me as Robert, so if I ever refer to myself as Robert, you are my friend. But since you are not my friend, oh no, I'm going to go into a Dancing with Wolves speech about you've always been my friend. No, 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 no. And that scene always makes me cry. Tear up, tear up. I don't cry. Uh, where am I going with, it, with this? Okay, so you can send me an email, rob at robblack.com. I currently max out my 401k contributions at $17,500. But my employer also has a profit-sharing plan that contributes 9.5% of my salary into the plan annually as well. What do you think I should do? Scale back a bit on my contribution, maybe use that for a Roth IRA or savings account? If I leave everything as it is, I will be contributing about 30K a year into a 401k plan. Too much. No. Max out as much as you can. And free money in a profit sharing plan is free money. Um, you're legally allowed to put in 17500 Do it. Uh, the profit sharing plan that contributes 9.5% of my salary into a plan annually as well. Take it. I don't know what company you work for. So there brings up a question, Johnny of at what point in time like do you cash out any sort of profit sharing or what sort of do you have too much in your company your company already pays for your car your company pays for your insurance your company pays for your lifestyle your rent and on top of it, you're going to invest your future in them that some people think is too much and honestly i i tend to look at employee stock purchases i tend to look at uh, stock option grants as income, I tend not to look at it as investment. And that's a little confusing to people. Uh, could you get me drunk enough to the point where I say you should put it all, if it's Apple and they're doing this for you, like ride the wave? I, I tend not to like to overbet because on occasion bad things happen to good companies. Retail sales in the United States were expected to rise, they didn't. Sour economic data in the last month combined with a deteriorating labor market in the United States where we're not creating jobs. We're kind of sitting by waiting for Congress to do what they're going to do. Do your thing. It's not good. It carries implications for consumer spending and overall economic outlook that's negative. Economic expectations have deteriorated in confidence services, uh, surveys. And it's coincident with the deceleration in the labor market. Details in the past few months have pointed to falling expectations for employment and income gains. And that cuts people's spending. Now, on one hand, I like it when people's spending gets cut. Let's say you're married and your wife cuts her spending. You're happy, right? Because you're saving more. Same thing goes with the U.S. economy. But the buying climate is very uncomfortable right now. The LIBOR probe has intensified. LIBOR investigations on both sides of the Atlantic intensified. Barclays traders involved in allegedly manipulating LIBOR rates between 2005-2007 may be charged by U.S. prosecutors. So this story is going to get more hair on it. It's got a lot, it has a lot of headline risk, not a lot of material risk. But a lot of headline risk. Madrid, they're selling 100 buildings. I like the idea. I like the concept. 
Madrid's regional government plans to sell 100 office buildings in the center of the Spanish capital over the next three years to cut its deficit and to pay for services as the country makes its deepest budget cuts on record. We're not a real estate company, so says the government official. Our job is to ensure there is adequate health care, education, mobility for our people. Hallelujah. Spanish regional governments control more than a third of public spending and play a key role in cutting the national government deficit. I think we should sell the Grand Canyon in the United States to the highest bidder. I think we should sell the Golden Gate Bridge. I think we should be out of the business of attractions. I know you're saying that's insanity. If nothing else, at least let's discuss it. You know, at least have that discussion. Should I, what can we cut? What as a nation? Retail sales, big story today. Housing, Bernanke testimony. Heavy flow of corporate earnings. Big earnings this week. Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Coca-Cola, Wynn Resorts, Schlumberger, eBay, Google, Intel. This is like financial porn for me. I love this stuff. I live for earnings season. I get my Super Bowl four times a year during earnings season. These next two weeks, my mind gets filled with just images and, and, and content that help me help you and help me help me to retirement. Regional manufacturing surveys on Monday and Thursday this week. Bernanke testimony on Tuesday and Wednesday. He's going to deliver his first public statement since you know the tepid June employment report. When Ben listens, I, when he talks, I listen. There's no doubt about that. Investors listen to him. We'll be looking for any hints of a downward revision of the Fed growth and maybe employment forecast. Consumer price index comes out on Tuesday. Weaker energy prices and softer demand underscore a much slower inflation outlook in June. On a year-over-year basis, inflation is expected to be about 1.6%. That's still a lot. If you haven't had a wage increase in the last year, an extra 1.6% on things you're spending on hurts. Housing starts is undeniably one of the few bright spots in the U.S. economic outlook. That comes out Wednesday. Existing home sales Wednesday, attractive mortgage rates, and pricing is pulling home buyers back into the market. Banks are starting to slowly move toward foreclosing on more homes as the backlog of foreclosures starting to trickle back into the market. I love this stuff. Other things to talk about. Um, I think I've hit you know everything that I could possibly hit. Friday, July 20th, the iPad's going to make its China debut. The new iPad. Apple's very good at managing their releases. So they don't have blowouts. Blowouts in the world of diapers, not good. Blowouts in the world of earnings, not necessarily good. Because consistency is, is more respected than a blowout. A blowout, we're going to ask you to do it again. Swiss yields. I know you're saying, Rob, let's talk about Switzerland. It's a little black on black for you. Swiss yields are insanely low. So the question I have for myself is, does that signal anything to the equity markets? Hell yeah. They're too low. It tells you there's dysfunction in the financial system. When you're paying people to give them money for five years, it's telling you how bad the alternatives are. When you're less than inflation, it's, that's how bad it is. Mark Zuckerberg got a 30-year mortgage tied at 1.05%. He's borrowing money cheaper than the rate of inflation, which I just told you was 1.6%. He's making money by borrowing $5 billion. He's also telling us 30-year mortgages are smart. Okay, so Black, you say that the financial systems are dysfunctional right now. Does that mean no business is done on Wall Street? No, no, of course not. There's a lot of headline risk on Europe. That's telling a lot of people to wait it out, but you have to play the game right now. There's good stocks to be had. It feels like there's either a big up move coming or a big down move coming. I don't think there's a big down move coming, Rob. I think there's a big up movement coming. There's 
the headlines are negative every day. When one of those headlines turns positive out of Europe, we're going to unwind to the upside. You can't have Intel trading at nine times earnings forever. You can't. Um, dysfunction, where is it coming from? Like, is it just Europe? And yeah, it's mostly Europe right now. You got Spanish sovereign debt, Italian sovereign debt, feedback loop between the banks and the sovereign. It's a flight of capital. There's definitely capital flowing out of the periphery of Europe. That can't last forever. That's not a good thing because it ends. That story ends badly. You know, Rob. I keep hearing the Fed Reserve, Fed Reserve, Fed Reserve. Is that enough? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Central banks are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They've lowered rates to basically zero. They're trying to spur interbank lending. They're trying to spur lending. In the United States, we're lending. Our banks look really good. We're having a good quarter. I didn't expect this good of a quarter. Bank of Korea, the Bank of Japan. Investors are not reassured by any of this. Why? My answer to my own question is, you can't spur lending if projects are considered too risky. And banks are in the management of risk business, and they don't want to give up capital that that fails. There's a lot of skepticism right now. So even at 0% interest rates, people are uncertain to lend into into projects that they're not quite positive are going to be around. So why haven't stocks in the United States been hurt more? It's really an ugly contest. Europe is really ugly. And in the United States, it's our economy is stalling. It's slow. But corporate profits have held up pretty well, and that's why we're not falling apart. You're listening to The Greatest Financial Show on the radio. I'm number one with Fisherman in Seattle. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.